We talked about initiative I-16, or Jesus balls. We talked about I-1639 when it was first on the ballot. Like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hand you a skill saw. I mean, like, have you ever used one of these? No? Okay, well, you'll figure it out. Live show, two weeks, the 20th, March, Divine Wines. I'm putting this on your shoulders. <laughs> That's it. We're out here. Thank you for joining us. This is Salt of the Streets pre-show live episode 80. Holy balls. Thank you for joining us. Uh, my name is Donovan. This is Colin Denzel. Thank you for joining us. Denzel, 2 a.m. in the fucking house. Happy to have you here. I've been talking about it all week for several weeks now because, I mean, we planned this a long time ago. Um, <laughs> we are We are happy to have you here. Thank you again, everyone, for joining us. Episode 80, it's going to be well. So this week we're going to talk about all kinds of shit. We're obviously going to talk about the Wuhan, the uh, coronavirus. Um, well, they're now calling it the SARS-CoV-19, though. Um, I learned yesterday from sources I have on the inside, Denzel, that um, China is now, well, the general thinking on COVID-19 is that it mutated from SARS. Mm-hmm. Do you know what SARS is? Not. SARS is... Okay, so if you looked up the, like, if you look up the WebMD or whatever on SARS, you're like, oh, so this is Wuhan. It's like literally the exact same thing. It is it is like a pneumonia-like uh, lung disease that is passed from droplets that you spit out when you cough. Mm-hmm. And it was huge in China and then spread to the whole world in like 2014, I think. It was a whole deal. There's a really um, good South Park episode all about it. Yeah. That really SARS severe acute respiratory syndrome. Yeah. So it is, I it's, mean, it's like a, nearly, a strain. Yeah. Nearly identical to what is being described as COVID-19 now. Mm-hmm. And so, um, it obviously would not be surprising seeing as SARS was such a big deal in China and COVID-19 coming out of China that it mutated from SARS. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are going to talk about that. We are going to talk about the democratic debate and the field as it sits now because it is very, very different than it was in the debate that you watched or even on Super Tuesday. Um, we oh, are yeah. now down to just three lonely candidates in the democratic field from what <laughs> I understand. One a lot more lonely than the other. <laughs> One much, much lonelier than the other two. Um, we are down to Joe Biden, um, senior uh, Bernie Sanders, Jesus Christ, where's my brain at? And then Tulsi Gabbard. I don't know if you knew that Tulsi Gabbard was still running or even if you know who she is. I don't know if she was only the other. Tulsi Gabbard is a representative from Hawaii. Um, and I think maybe she's in like her second term of being Something representative. Like yeah. She's, she's pretty new to the game. Um, she served active in the, in the army national guard is that what it was yeah. yeah um and then she did like two tours i believe in the middle east and um was a medical medical officer? combat medic yeah something something to do with medic um so she did some shit and then she came back and now she's serving and so she's running she was pulling average i'm gonna say about two percent um in a lot of those super tuesday states she i guess did collect some delegates because there were some districts in those states in which she pulled over 15 percent um We'll talk more about kind of how the breakdown of Super Tuesday, because the way that they divide up the delegates is very confusing. It's very strange. Um, yeah, you have to be pulling at at least 15% in a state to get delegates, but you don't really because you just have to be at 15% in some of the districts within the state to get mm. some of those delegates. Yeah. It's, we'll break it all down as yeah, we yeah. get into it's it. It's a whole deal. Um, so we're going to talk about those things. Then we're going to talk about the first couple of essays in the 1619 Project, which is a f- series of op-eds and articles put out by the New York Times. 
Um, and the reason that we first started talking about this was because I we had like talked about it between the two of us when it first yeah. came out, but not on the podcast. And then I heard an ad for it that I just didn't feel like characterized very well what it actually was. And it was talking about how it was like breaking the understanding uh, or fucking what was the way that I put it? Um, reframing. Yeah. But Re- reframing like the way that it was taught in school and in this commercial very much made it seem like we were not taught that slavery was a very pivotal part of, of America and had it not existed, we wouldn't, it wouldn't look like it does today, mm-hmm. you know? And I just don't, I didn't feel like that was the case. Like I, I feel like when I walked out of school, I had been taught, very much that like white people ruin everything, you know, <laughs> and that's I I remember very Check. vividly saying that to uh, all the time, you know, I mean because that's on the whole and not in like a, a denigrative way that like white people are terrible. When you learned that shit, you're like, oh, so they enslaved fucking everyone they came across, you know, just took people's shit, did whatever they want. Like that's when you're 18, you walk out of school, you're like, we ruin everything. White people have just come and ruined everything, you know? And so I just, I didn't agree with the way that it was being portrayed that, like, no one knows, you know, that this is how it is, and I don't think that that's the case. So we but started as you to dive uh, into it more and more. You realize that there's a hell of a lot more buried within that than, yes, than the advertisement has been, you know, putting forth. Yeah. And I don't know how much, if any of, of those essays you read, um, we, <laughs> that's, that's they're, all, okay. they're all very yeah. long. We're really only going to talk about like the first two, I think. Um, and they were both very different. The first one was, I have it written down here, was like our, our democracy's founding ideals were false when they were written. Black Americans have fought to make them true. And then the second one entitled, in order to understand the brutality of American capitalism, you must start on the plantation. And so one of them is geared very much toward economics. The other one is geared very much towards kind of just what we think of as the country now and the the early colonies and how how they got the economic power essentially to just survive until we became a nation and all that good stuff. So we're going to talk about both of those essays. Um, and then him and I will probably continue to talk about these for the next couple of episodes, just to kind of break them down. Cause there's it's a lot of like a dozen of them or something like that. Yeah. There's a, a fair amount of these essays that are all fucking super long. Um, so we're going to talk about those and we are going to talk about, I was the topic that you brought because it, it, I thought that it was fantastic that you brought this topic today because I think that it touches on pretty much every single one of these other topics that we're going to talk about. Yes. Um, which is essentially the way that media affects the masses as a whole and the way that we interpret information and the way that we uh, take in information and how that affects the our understanding of things that are actually going on, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, or vi- – or- Things that aren't going are on. Are not going on, <laughs> right. So obviously we love that because that is – part of the whole reason why we're doing what we're doing, right? We are, and I, I'm sure that you know that, you've been on here before. Um, so, we, yeah, our, part of our whole deal is just trying to break down the weird barriers that have been constructed based on the media that you're taking in, you know? Um, it's it's shocking, I think, to us and to many people across the country, the difference in the coverage that you'll see if you're watching MSNBCs, if you're watching Fox News, or even just listening to different things on YouTube, you know? It's it's really weird. Um, and so our whole goal, obviously, is to just try and 
make that not a thing anymore and make it a kind of a one-stop shop for people to come here, understand the facts and move the fuck on. So the Wuhan is going to be a good subject for that because there's yeah. been so much misinformation and craziness going on. We talked about it before the show started, uh, Costco, you know, <laughs> just how it was a Costco. People buying up just bundles and bundles of toilet paper and being, Dude, well, you can't go and- to the grocery store in Kingston and buy tortillas. Because people yes. are fucking panicking and buying up all the fucking tortillas. Something is very wrong with where we're at in the world. Did you guys panic buy anything? No. No. no not at all. No? Nope. No. No. I'm pretty much set. Cool. You know, ever since I, I got all my hunting attire and combined it with all my backpacking attire and gear and all this, like, I consistently have two weeks worth of food. Uh, you know, water would be the only thing, but... We have ways to collect water in the middle of the winter. I'm not worried about water. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I got everything I need to survive for a couple weeks. I'm not worried about it. <clears throat> the only thing that would uh, I'd have to worry about is other people. And I'm not, you know, everybody's so freaked out. They're just locking themselves inside. So, And I think that's win, the only win. thing I bought. And I didn't panic buy. I was buying it anyways. I bought ammunition. But I was going to the stores on Fridays anyway. So yeah. <laughs> it's just like, just the, but that's the thing that I bought. I You've just so. been stocking up just due to the Second Amendment, period. Um, yeah. And then we're going to go shoot in a couple weeks. I So that's, yeah. that's another thing I want to talk about in the pre-show. So are you familiar with Initiative 1639? I don't know what the RCW number is but that's what the initiative was was 1639 um are you familiar with this i think you talked about a couple weeks ago yeah yeah we've been talking about it for a long time because i've been having a personal experience with it and so i'm having a better understanding of how it works right Mm -hmm. we talked about initiative i 16 or jesus balls we talked about i 1639 when it was first on the ballot and we broke it down and kind of explained it as good as we could and and ended up feeling like it was kind of a good idea, and we decided we were both going to vote for it. And it, initially, when we talked about it, you know, we felt like it really broke down to, like, safe storage weapons, you know, make mm-hmm. sure your shit's locked up. Because if someone steals it and uses it in a crime and you don't mention that you lost it, you might get in trouble, you know, because you didn't yeah. tell the police that someone stole your firearm. There was all kinds of misinformation about, oh, well, if someone does take a gun and then they use it, then you're definitely going to go to jail, which is not by any means the case, right? The problem that I've been running into lately is when it comes to purchasing a semi-automatic rifle, right? So, the beginning of the year, when good old Governor Jay Inslee and the the Attorney General Bob Ferguson started talking about all these new gun laws that they wanted to pass, it really kind of made me shit bricks a little bit. Um, And I... My opinion on the Second Amendment has changed hugely since the last time that you were in here. Um, Do largely... I think to having a kid like that just, it really shifted the way that I thought about it. And when Jordan was pregnant, um, I was super duper sick and she went to a family birthday party by herself. She was over at the 76 station, uh, on West Hills, right? Like right across from all the, all the car dealerships. And someone tried to get into her car, um, while she was, she was like eight months pregnant at the gas station by herself and someone tried to get into her car and I was home, you know, so I wasn't there and, she came home, she's bawling and crying, you know, she's like, I like, I want to buy a gun. Like, I, I don't ever want to be in this position again. Like, I what if Dax is in the car, you know, she's like, I, I, all, that's all I could think of. And, you know, I don't, I don't feel intimidating. And I was like, 
let's do it. Fuck it. You know, I, I'm, I'm good. Right. So we both went and got pistols and our concealed pistol licenses. And, um, then I just, when I entered that world, you know, I was like, well, like I might buy an AR one day just like for fun, you know, because I never saw like a practical use for it. And then when they started talking about like banning them, you know, there, that's one of the gun laws has been brought up by James Lee and, and uh, Bob Ferguson is that mm-hmm. they want to pass an assault weapons ban mm-hmm. so that, you know, and they're classifying it, I believe in this one as anything that has a gun that has one military quality aspect to it, um, which is just as ill-defined as any other one before that. But that's that's neither here nor there. But I just – I don't like the idea of, of limitations like that because I think it cuts against the direct – the whole reason the Second Amendment is there, you know? So that kind of pushed up the timeline on it for me. Um, which is very interesting because, I mean, the very first show we did – Gun control is one of our topics, and me and you, I don't think, could have been furtherly divided. We had a legitimate argument about it, yeah. Uh, um, Even before we started recording. Yes. Yeah, the very first few times we had those conversations at work, it got heated. And we were not, we were on total opposite ends of the spectrum. And I think now he's kind of surpassed me in some ways. Which is interesting. Um, Yeah, because I, when I first met Colin... I could never have imagined, like, even really owning a firearm for myself. Like, that just wasn't where I was at. It's not my thing. It wasn't anything. And now I don't – I don't leave my home without my pistol. I don't I, – I just don't do it. You know, it's no, – I don't I – don't, I don't conduct my life that way. And I also can't imagine um, now not taking up arms to defend my neighbors or my loved ones or their right to, to – pursue happiness in this country you know i believe that the second amendment is second for a reason that well dave Chappelle, you know the second one's there just in case the first one doesn't work you know that's that's the idea behind it that if you can't say this is america and i want to be left the fuck alone you know that's why it's there um so i went to try and buy one and there's like this whole there's a class that you have to take now right and so i was trying to figure out like well where's the class what's the what's the deal and it's but you can you can find it online and you can take it in a matter of minutes. Um, there's no cost to it. There's no anything. You click through the screens, um, and then you print out the certificate, and you go and buy it, right? Yeah. And I've, that's a whole whole conversation in itself that it seems strange that the idea behind it was to make it you – know, we want to make sure that you can be safe with it, right? But you just take this class that takes about five seconds, and you know, no one teaches it to you. No one does anything. It's just this paper, right? Mm-hmm. So – that's a whole nother deal. But now there's like, I went to go and ask the sheriffs about it and they, the sheriffs don't even know. The cops don't know oh, the way that it's broken down because they're not the ones that enforce it. Right. Then that's exactly what they said to me is we're not the ones that enforce this law. And so we don't have any idea what you have to have, what the classes have to have, what you have to anything. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's like, like, I just, I just Googled it real quick. And there as at least two of them that you can take online for free. And my, my right biggest there. problem has broken down to, I agree with why this initiative was brought up and why it was passed. And that's why I voted for it in the beginning. But the way that it has been implemented is so fucking nonsensical that I, I just, I can't support it. You know, yeah. I don't get it. I, I 100% agree that you should have to be safe and you should lock your shit up. And there's something qualifications, you know, but I, but you have done such a poor, shitty job in order to try and just bolster public support that you have just opened this whole door that doesn't – It doesn't address any of the problems that the initiative was supposed nothing. to address. 
I mean, it just it's like it's down in there in black and white, but there's no guidelines on implementation. We, I mean, we're finding out now who's actually responsible for enforcing it, and it's not the local, you know, law enforcement. It's the fucking the state alcohol, tobacco, firearms, and cannabis or marijuana board or whatever it is. No, they call it cannabis. They do call it cannabis. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't remember. Um, but yeah, actually, I did Google it real quick. It's RCW nine point four one point zero nine zero subsection seven. There you go. So if you're into getting into the RCWs, that's I, I wouldn't suggest it, but definitely worth checking out. It's a, it's a uh, if you want to fall asleep at night, just pull out the RCW. Good. <laughs> Sounds good. It's a fucking nightmare. <clears throat> so yeah, I mean, because we had a conversation with uh, Morgan Jake about that. Was that last weekend? About the implementation and yeah. your whole travels through that, and and it's you're very right that the implementation part of it is severely lacking, almost non-existent. And so it makes you wonder why the hell we even voted for this thing anyways. Right. It doesn't actually make the changes it actually talks about. You know, right. Things like, like you said, very, quote unquote, common sense gun control things. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you have to be responsible with it. You have to take a training course to, to know, like, you have the basic training to understand what this is going to do. And you have to... you supposedly know about safe storage and all this stuff so nobody gets into your gun because nobody should have access to your gun except for you period and that's and it's all written out there but there's no enforcement mechanism there's nothing to ensure that any of that's done and that's what frustrates me the most is that this yeah. after having gone through the process that's been set up through this i have come to the conclusion that it is nothing but in order to if you as a citizen don't like guns you now think that there's something to try and hinder that. And mm-hmm. there's not. Mm-hmm. So anyone who doesn't agree with this has this false sense of security that it's actually stopping something from happening when it's really not, you know? Yeah. And it's just, it's, <clears throat> it's just an example of just bullshit, you know, of a waste of time of people's money to, Oh yeah. For nothing. Um, and I'm not sure what your personal opinion on the segment was, I don't know if you want to share it. That's, that's um, up to you. I know Oh, and I was kind of like you when it comes to guns. I don't have one, but yeah, the only reason I'd get one, like, and I think for me it sucks that because I do feel like I do need to get one now, for the sake of I don't trust people. Mm-hmm. I don't trust. I can't put my life on the line, or I can't put my well-being and my family's well-being <clears throat> in the in someone else's hands because I don't know what other people are gonna do. So, right. Um, especially nowadays. Yeah, you know, people are a little on edge. Right. And it makes, I, makes everybody nervous. Yeah, I actually got into uh, like a, a Twitter argument with someone a couple weeks ago who was just I was healthy. Yeah, yeah. Just I mean, you know, why? Who was like, why do you even feel like you need to take or like carry that? You know, do you really want to take someone's life? And if you're like, if you really want to protect yourself, why don't you try and take some self defense classes and stuff like that? Like, and I'm just like, I, that's all well and good, dog. And if that's what you want to do, that's fine. But I got a kid, I got a wife, and I would rather. I'm 6'2", 240 pounds. I feel very confident that if someone attacks me, I I can defend myself, you know? I would rather not. I would rather just cut that off right at the end. I'm fucking 25. I don't need to be thrown down with someone in the fucking streets for some fucking (laughs) stupid shit because you want to take my wallet or some shit. Fuck that. I would rather take my fucking gun out and tell you to back the fuck off and we'll both have a fine day, you know? Because I don't give a shit. If, If all I have to do is draw and you leave, I don't need to call anyone. I don't need to tell anyone that it happened. I don't need to tell anything. Move the fuck on, you know? But I'm not going to play games when it comes to the safety of my family, my son, my wife. 
I'm not going to play those fucking games, you yeah. know? And especially, like Colin was saying, in the heightened <clears throat> sense of fear of mass shootings and stuff like that, I would rather have as many options as possible if I'm found in a situation or if I find myself in a situation like that, then have to just sit and wait for something to happen. Yeah. You know, I don't, and I'm not saying that I don't, maybe, and maybe that does happen and I'm too scared and I piss my pants and I, whatever, you know, I, I don't know. I've never been in that situation. I can't say for certain that I'm going to stand up and save everyone's life, but I want to, I want to have the option. I want to have as yeah. many options mm-hmm. as possible in that time to make sure that if I'm in that place, I want to be in there. You know, I want to make sure that I can try and do something if I'm in the right headspace to do it. Um, yeah. If you're, if your fight or flight instinct kicks in and it says that, okay, I'm going to fight. Now I at least am equipped to fight back. Right. Versus, well, now I'm just a human meat shield. Yeah. And you know, if, uh, if I don't remember what that dude's name was on Twitter, um, whatever his name was, but if that's how he wants to, roll out then that's all well and good bro but he was at the same time talking about you know how um, we don't need the second amendment because we've proven that we can't handle it responsibly and you know people are just getting shot all the time senselessly and if that's your concern then i would imagine you would want to carry a gun so you're not going to get fucking blasted by someone who's abusing the second amendment you know that seems like a backwards interpretation to me but Mm -hmm. that's i mean i get where a lot of people come from though with that because you when you have a firearm, you you hold all control for the most part, and when it comes down to it, it's kind of whoever makes the first shot. Yeah. If if people know what they're doing, and then you're powerless to fight back. Period. But if it doesn't quite come to that, then you're equipped to handle yourself in another way. But it's so there's there's valid arguments for like, well, it doesn't matter if you got your pistol on you and some dude up on the roof, you know, starts shooting into the crowd or something like that. You may not be able to do anything about it, but right. That's one particular situation where it might not work, but there's a million other situations where it might help. Yeah. I just saw a video. I mean, this is like some Facebook nonsense, but I just saw a video, not, not a month ago that made me start changing the way that I carry. It was just a compilation of people saving their own lives from people that were trying to get at them where they were in their car, you know, people that were like trying to get out of their car in their garage and motherfuckers pulling up their garage doing shit like that. Yeah. Fuck that dude. I don't fuck that. I'm not, even if I am, you know, only 1% chance that in my whole life, something like that is going to happen. Fuck that. I'm, I'm not, I'm not doing it. I'm not going to play that fucking game. I just don't, I'm not down for it, you know? And we live in a, in a time where there is guns at all kinds of different costs and you can go and get a concealed pistol license for 50, for 50 bucks and buy some fucking ammo, go out and train and make sure you're not going to kill anyone when you don't want to, you know? Yeah. I just don't. Yeah, I saw some video on Twitter the other day of some, uh, some Twitch dude. I was sitting there talking about how much money he's got, how much stacks he's got, and everybody, all these haters, whatever. And he pulls out his gun and he just starts fucking with it. Next thing you know, boom, shoots the side of his fucking wall and then just freaks the fuck out. Yeah. And it's like, dude, you don't need to have one of those, you ignorant fuck. Well, that and then not, not too long ago, there was like a, a young babysitter who she was, she's watching That's someone's kid, right? And yeah. then she found the parent's gun in the bedroom and she's fucking taking pictures with it and she fucking shot the kid on accident because she's fucking around. Not three months ago, we talked about the guy who's in the fucking military on base who's fucking around with this service pistol, pretending to shoot himself and shoots himself in the fucking head. It's, mm-hmm. 
they, we got we got a bunch of people in the, in the stream right now in the comments that are talking about how classes are vital, right? And I think that I think there is obviously an element of truth to that. You know, when I took that class, the class online to get the sixteen thirty nine certification. Everything that's covered in there is things that the first time I ever shot a gun, my uncle sat down and said to me, before you handle the firearm, these are the things that you need to know. You know, don't put your fucking finger on the trigger. Don't point at anyone unless you want to fucking shoot them. Don't point at anything you don't want to destroy. Even if you know that there's no ammunition in it, always assume that it's loaded because something could happen at any fucking time. You know, always check it when somebody hands it to you. All these basic things that a a reasonable person would tell someone else the first time they go shooting are the things that are laid out in this class, right? And I think that there is an immense amount of value in that for people who don't have that exposure prior to buying a firearm. You know, when I did buy my pistol, I thought that it was really weird that no one asked me if I had, if I had ever handled a firearm before. I went and bought a license to carry it myself, and I went and bought a pistol, and not one person asked me if I had ever handled a gun before. I think that's really weird, right? I think that it's understandable because... Because as a right... As a right, right, it's inherent in yourself, and so it's far be it for me to question your right to purchase a firearm, you know? Outside of anything legally barring you from doing so, I really shouldn't tell you what to do, you know? But I also think that it's a little bit fucking weird, you know? A little bit weird. Like, I'm not going to hand you a skill saw. I mean, like, have you ever used one of these? No? Okay, well... You'll figure it out. Right. You know, um, it's like, these are tools. They're dangerous tools if not used properly. You should understand what you're getting into. Yeah. You know, it's the, I was just thinking about it. You were talking about that, the training courses and stuff like that. Um, it used to be in Washington State to get your hunter's safety. You actually had to go to a physical class for, I think it's like a week long. And then you had to test and you had a practical test of shooting and all this stuff. Apparently you don't need to do that anymore, but they do they do now offer an online class for 20 bucks, which again, isn't that yeah. bad, but, but I, I think say, the if it was still course, in person, yeah, it's, they, it's I know better. they, they stress, you know, education, the, you know, the golden rules of firearm safety. Right. And then they talk about shooting and, you know, how to, to shoot correctly and, you know, not yeah. squeezing the trigger and all that good stuff. But two comments I want to address here. Uh, Michael asked me in particular, what was something that I learned in the class that surprised me in this particular class, as I was talking about for 1639 was a fucking joke. So there was nothing in this class. And I actually read everything. I wasn't, I didn't just fucking click through it just because you could, like I actually read it, but it's still only 10 screens. Like I said, there are things that, that I was taught the very first time I ever handled a firearm. It wasn't, Anything groundbreaking, it's, you should lock it when it's, you shouldn't just leave it sitting around. You know, Mm. you should ensure that you're not leaving your gun in somewhere in a place where others can access it who shouldn't have access to it. You know, things like that that you should know, right? So in this particular class, there was nothing in there that surprised me or that I learned. Um, Riley here said, being trained doesn't mean being um, doesn't mean being smart. I grew up with firearms and always check, never make assumptions and understand it's a weapon with the power to change the world. I agree, right? And so 100%. I, so I should clarify that I, I almost use the term training interchangeably with education, right? Because there are all kinds of different training courses you can take for, you know, shooting to get better accuracy for like tactical training, all kinds of shit like that. And I don't mean that. I mean, as far as, as handling a firearm, there's just general safety knowledge that I think that you should have, which is what was laid out in this course, right? And so I don't think that it's vital to have 
the training that we were talking about, the different, you know, tactical training or the accuracy stuff mm-hmm. like that. Obviously, it's good to, to do some accuracy training to be yeah. good at it, but you can also teach yourself, you know, or ask other people to range to, and you can get better accuracy that way, right? Yeah. But, I mean, um, anybody that's been exposed to firearms for more than like a brief period in any responsible manner, you know, you learn very, very soon that there's, you know, there's only a few basic rules that you need to follow. And they're very, very simple. Right. And we've talked about them before. Don't point anything. You don't intend to kill, you know, trigger off the trigger until you're ready to Finger fire. Finger off that trigger, yeah. You know, just the very, very basic things. You yeah. know, always assume every gun you handle is loaded, period. Ready to fire. Yeah. You know, once you get those kind of, they're more or less values instilled in people, then you're pretty much fine and you can carry on training from there. Right. You know, all the firearm training I had before my hunter safety course when I was like 12 or 13, whenever it was, was it just with my family and my friends' family because we all had guns and stuff like that. And so it was, it was second nature to me. But it, when I was in the Coast Guard, every time you went to the range, there's a safety brief just to drill it into your head mm-hmm. one more time that. These are the things you got to do every single time. Every time you're around a firearm, think this way. And after a while, it just becomes second nature. And it just, you get really frustrated at the people that, that forget about that. Yeah. That it's not just a lifestyle anymore. It's just, oh, well, you know, I'm being safe enough. No, safe enough is not safe, period. Complacency. Yeah. 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 Complacency kills. Have you ever been shooting before, Denzel? I haven't. No? Oh, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> well, too. on a side note, we'd love to take you sometime if you're interested. We'll absolutely yeah, take you out. Yeah. We'll absolutely do that. We brought a first-timer last time we all went out. Yeah. 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 And it's a good time. My brother's kid, uh, his oldest kid, is starting to get old enough that he wants to start to expose him. I'm like, let's fucking do it, bro. We'll go out and we'll have a whole day in the woods. You know? Can you say we'll... how old he is? Yeah, he's 10. He's 10. 10. So, yeah. That's, yeah. you know. That's I was, I mean, 12. my... First firearm safety, 12. I was wrong. safety 12. experience yeah. was with BB gun yeah. that I got when I was a kid because the same rules apply. And so, yeah, I, I must have been probably around the same age when I started yeah. having a, you know, a BB gun and me and my brother were going out in the woods pretending to hunt. So yeah. We didn't. Yeah. yeah. And I think that, I think they're easier to remember after you've been shooting the first time when you fired a gun especially at something other than a target like if you shoot like a pumpkin or something and you like see what happens you're like oh word okay so that is what happens with this tool like Mm -hmm. this is what's going to happen every time you know yeah yeah it gets easier and easier to remember that um michael again said the simplicity of the rules contributes to their danger and then it's easy to forget them and when you think you don't need to review them because they're so simple a dull Mm -hmm. knife is more dangerous than a sharp one i absolutely agree i absolutely agree and that's that's what we talked about a couple months ago when when that sailor shot himself is that that his job is literally to he carries a firearm every day for his job job yep. and still he shot himself on accident he's fucking dead you know and that's why i use that qualifier when i say they they're more or less become values right because right. they just become ingrained in your entire being you don't you don't think any other way but that right every single time because it's just second nature but if yeah. you're not at that level yet i mean you're not ready to more or less carry 24 7 when you, you, start- you still can go to the range and all that good right. stuff but it's just you need to have people there to make sure you're checking yourself and they're checking you and everything's fine. But and you start to identify those things in other people when you see other people handle their firearms and you're like, 
I don't trust the way that this person is doing this, oh, so yeah. I'm not going to go shooting with them. You yeah. know, that's you just can tell when someone doesn't. You know, there's we were talking about the it's like the trigger awareness. You know, you when you are not going to shoot a gun, you have your finger straight out. It's not on the trigger; it doesn't rest on there. That's mm-hmm. you. You don't handle firearm that way. So when you see someone, even if they're holding an unloaded firearm and you know that it's unloaded because you both checked it, they still have their finger on the yeah, trigger. Like, trust them. I'm not going to go shooting with you because yeah. I don't fucking trust the way that you do this. If they're just swinging it around all the place and they're like, you know, talking to you like this with a gun in their hand, <laughs> I don't trust your muzzle awareness that you're just fucking doing whatever. You know, yeah. even if we both know that it's unloaded. I don't trust the way that you're handling this, you know? And that's, I think, really important. I think, I think the way that you said it is best, that it just becomes ingrained in you. Mm-hmm. And that's, if you're going to handle firearms, you live and die by that shit, literally, because mm-hmm. things happen, fucking accidents all the time, you know? A hundred percent. This shit's just not worth it. Yeah, no, I've seen, um, my uncle sent me an article about a high school basketball player. <clears throat> name is Ashley James. And I, I didn't read the article in full, but I know that he was him and whoever he was hanging out with. They were messing around with the gun. This kid was a top prospect. He ends up getting shot and yeah. killed because they they didn't have respect. I, I I even went to high school with someone that died like that. Yeah, you know what I mean. And I'm like, they, you know, and it, it comes down to people not understanding the power of what's in their hand. Like, yeah, it's mm-hmm. something so simple, but yeah, if one wrong decision or just one, you oh, know what yeah. I mean. That's it. And I think that there's so I think there would be so much merit in like a general safety course that people just took once you get to a certain age. Even if your family doesn't own firearms, if you don't plan on ever being exposed to them, you know, you should understand how this works for that same reason. That if you are at your friend's house and they're like, oh, hey, let me show you this fucking thing. And they take you upstairs and they bust out their dad's pistol, or their mom's pistol because they think that maybe, they're you know, you want to see it or whatever. And some shit happens like I would feel much more comfortable, you know, knowing that I'm going to feel much more comfortable knowing that when, if my son is in that situation, he's going to say, you should put that down because that's fucking dangerous. Yeah. We're 12 years old and you shouldn't be fucking with that. Like, that's not cool. Don't, you know what I'm saying? No, when Dax is old enough to learn and respect this very thing, that's exactly what he'll do, you know, Mm -hmm. because it's not a toy. It's not a toy. And if they're going to be in my house, then he should understand what's there. Understand that it's, it's not to play with. It's not to be fucked with, you know? I, yeah. I think mm-hmm. the dangerous thing too is I, I do feel like some people, there's like a glamorization about guns too. Totally. And, and it, especially, it bothers me so much. Um, in the rap community. And I, I don't, it's, it's not all like that. I believe most, most of it isn't. Right. But mm-hmm. the fact that enough of it was, you know, you got rap, the NWA, they, and they talk about carrying guns all the time. Yeah, yeah. That's what you're listening to. And then, so I, I think it, in some, in, or in some aspects, it's a culture thing too. And, yeah. And yeah. That makes me, that makes me uncomfortable in that situation. Cause I feel like some people, oh, I got to get one just because, cause it's the cool thing. It's an it's accessory. I, it's I like, no, it's, it's a, yeah. it's, it's a weapon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah, I think that, I think that that's very interesting. Cause even in, uh, the first thing that came to mind, T Grizzly, right? And then the T Grizzly video, first day out, that whole thing, they're all ARs and shit. He's talking about that. You know, like that's, he's talking about his B2 cases and he's like, now I'm walking around with AR, I got all this shit. Like, it's like, that's what's up. But also, you know, there is people who are not smart enough and kids who are not smart enough to separate that from reality and be like, oh, these are not smart choices, you know? Mm-hmm. But I, I love T Grizzly and I love things that he's doing. And it's not T Grizzly's fault necessarily that these kids are, 
are taking that from what he's rapping about, you know, yeah. but it doesn't necessarily help, doesn't help you know? It, yeah, it's yeah, not I mean, inherently just, his fault, but it doesn't necessarily help. Yeah. I mean, even just some kind of like baseline education at a young age about what a firearm is. Yeah. That would be good. Like young, young, just like, hey, there's these things out there. They're called guns. This is what they do, and this is what they are. This is what they are not. This is what they're supposed to be used for, and this is you're not supposed to use it for anything else, right? You know, like just to put that seed in someone's mind, maybe. I feel I, like I don't know. Some people might have an irrational fear that exposing them to it at all it could taint them. Yeah, yeah, but well, and that's exactly what people have used to blame it on things like the rap community and movies and video games yeah. and shit like that. You know, like, oh, well, they're just seeing it and they're talking about it and it's making them want to fucking shoot people. You know, it's like, well, yeah. you know, I, like I, I said, there's, there's some, some element of truth to that in the way that it doesn't necessarily help, but it does not mm-hmm. make it inherently their fault. You know, I mean, and, it's real dope to sit on there in Call of Duty and like totally customize your, your gun. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, like that yeah. is dope as shit. People do that in real life too, and it's really fun. Yeah, yeah. But that's it, not what it's. I mean, you still got to go about it in the right manner. And right. I, I don't think it's so much. Uh, back to what I said earlier, I don't think it's so much the music itself, but it's who they look up to while they're right. Little, right. I'm listening to this. They're talking about it. Big homie over there has one too. Yeah. Let me get one too. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I was telling my uncle this. He's the one that shared that um, article about the basketball player. I guess it was, it was someone he knew. It was their child. So. But uh, he was telling me, um, what did he tell me? What did he tell me? Ooh, that train of thought just went. <laughs> Don't you hate it when that happens? <laughs> happens to me at least once yes. per show. Yes. Go, wait, I have no idea what I was going to say next. I was, yeah, <laughs> yeah we have some, uh, while you're thinking, we have someone here who says, what's more important to be taught in school, sex ed or firearm safety? Um, I don't. Why can't I say I'm both? Not, yeah, I'm not sure why the two are given as an option um, because I don't see why they couldn't both be taught. Um in in honor of answering the question, um, I suppose that if I had to choose one of the two, I would choose sex education. Because mm-hmm. um, everybody at some point is going to be exposed to that. Yeah. Not everybody is necessarily going to be exposed to a firearm. Right, right. But I don't necessarily agree with the sentiment that there needs to be a choice between the two, you know, just like I don't yeah. think that there needs to be a choice between learning what's going to equip you to go to college or learning something like a valuable skill, a trade that you're going to be able to use mm-hmm. and not go to school. I don't think that it needs to necessarily be, you have to pick one or the other, you know? Yeah. The um, two don't need to be mutually exclusive. Yeah. I, I think and what's your take. Um, on Cause I was kind of, when I brought up, uh, some people might use it as an excuse of yeah. if it's taught, oh, they're exposing it to them young right, and that. Right. I was going to say they, because some people feel the same way about sex education. Yeah. Well, if yeah. you teach these kids about safe sex, they're going to go have safe sex. Yeah. Or if you teach, or they're just going to go do it in general. Right. So if you teach these kids about gun safety, they're, they're going to try to get out, you know what I mean? And, and, and get their hands on one in some aspect, whether it's hunting or, going to a shooting range or mm-hmm. being unsafe with it. Right. Yeah, there will certainly be a segment of the population that would be introduced to firearms that would never have if they weren't taught about it. And that, that you might get a new growth in people that are interested in firearms. Right. Just due to the sole factor that you're introducing them to it. But again, it's like when you balance that with the, you know, the, 
what you get out of the education value versus how many more people might be getting into that, we'll just call it an industry, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, do they, do they balance each other out? Is it a net benefit? Is it a net loss? Does it, does it, do those two metrics even correlate together in anything, you know, that's objectively true? Oh, who knows? Yeah. You know, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a weird, it's a weird thing. And it, part of me thinks that maybe it's just, it's hard once you become an adult and you can make decisions for yourself. But when you're growing up, if you are a parent who is a firearm owner, I think it is 1000% your responsibility to teach your kids the safe and proper use of those firearms. Just, same with yeah. like sex ed. Like, who says that we have to teach it in school? The reason we kind of have to teach it in school because we know a lot of parents aren't teaching their kids sex ed right. at home. And, and even if they and are, that maybe knowledge they're is getting, vital. Yeah. And, and even, again, South Park did a great episode on sex ed too. It's just because they're learning it from their parents. Maybe they're learning bad things from their parents. Maybe they're learning false information or scare tactics or who knows what. So yeah. you, you kind of, you lose that centralized control over that form of education, which can kind of, again, go both ways. Yeah. But Michael, Michael Barker hitting us hard. Michael Barker! That, uh, glamorization applies to both subjects and contributes to their problematic exposure or problematic issues. Exposure leads to more understanding and less glamour. And mm-hmm. I, I agree. You know, and I think that that's part of at least what the argument for high school has been is, you know, we have all these different classes and so you can do all this stuff and expose yourself to different things that you like and, you know, try and learn. I think in in the the spirit of that, you know, I I think that it's healthy to have a sex education class and to also have a firearms education class, mm-hmm. you know, or even if you just include firearms in like if it's like a a two week course in home economics, you know, because I don't home economics wasn't even a thing anymore. At least when I was in school, it was just food <laughs> science, right? Like home ec wasn't that was particular class didn't exist. Yeah, so like you don't learn. You used to learn like how to sew and to like do shit in yeah. your house, you know. Yeah. And that's not the way that it's taught anymore. And I think that especially talking to Dan, my boss, about it, mm-hmm. my boss who is the one that designed all of these different medical braces that we learned. He's like, oh, I learned to sew in home economics, and I used that skill to help me be able to make these myself so I didn't have to hire someone else for X amount of years, you know? Mm-hmm. That's valuable as fuck. So oh, yeah. why are why are we not teaching actual home economics and make it a two-week section in that? For this two weeks, we're going to talk about fucking firearm safety. This is what we're going to do. Someone who teaches a hunter safety course is going to come out here with a rifle and a shotgun and, you know, and a pistol. Everyone's going to shoot it two times and we're going to move on, you know? Yeah. So what we do is we... Maybe we not, not that. necessarily. That's just, I'm, you know, just I'm talking, saying, but... <clears throat> we have that course... Right before your history class, get to the portion in which firearms become ingrained in history. What I'm that saying. way, when you start learning about the introduction of firearms into the evolution of history, you know what's happening. You know, what and I'm now saying. you, and then you see where we were at then, and where we're at now in contemporary, you know, in contemporary times. Yeah, and then you could dive into the history and have even a better knowledge set. Now you're killing two birds with one stone. Big fan. Uh, yeah, yeah. Head of Department of Education, right here. <laughs> <laughs> Vote for me. Just more coordination between the departments yeah. so that every time you go to a class all throughout the day, there's a theme that you're learning for all six classes. Definitely. Second Amendment, <laughs> firearm safety, 
for weapon cleaning or something. I don't know. Whatever you can apply to these other classes. That's uh, ballistics in math class. We'll learn about ballistics and, uh, you know, arcs and, and, you know, windage. And I learned that from watching October Sky 5,000 times throughout my entire school career. Have you ever seen October Sky? Seen it once. Oh, October dude. Sky is good. That was like the go-to movie whenever we had a sub from the – Elementary school to high school. Yeah. I watched that movie so many times. And it's so good. And even to this day, I still love that stupid movie. It's a great movie. I'm glad that you brought this up because I really wanted to address this in the pre-show. I was watching... October Sky? <laughs> space, <laughs> right? Space. Oh, space. Yeah, so... Um, because I almost forgot. Um, and then we can we can move on to the real show. This has been an absolutely <laughs> fantastic pre-show. So watching Joe Rogan... Earlier this, have you ever watched Joe Rogan's podcast before? No, I've seen segments. Ah, oh, man. Mm. Totally worth it, right? I mean, there's like over a thousand episodes. You can yeah. definitely find something you care about. And the JRE Clips channel on YouTube is perfect. Awesome. It offers little bite-sized chunks. Yeah. Um, so, I watched one, Garrett Reisman, right? And he's an astronaut who now, mm. he works for SpaceX now. That was but a he, great episode. Yeah, yeah. So, he spent 95 days in space. And he was all super pissed off because the 100 days you get a patch. And he did, he got fucked out of his patch because he yeah. was short five days. So, Sucks. anyway. So, he was talking about, obviously, space for fucking three hours. But so awesome. one of the things that I learned, the thing, the thing that fucked my mind the most was that when we were flying the space shuttle. Right, the big black and white piece has a huge fucking orange rocket underneath and all that shit. Mm -hmm. He said the whole time we were flying that, there's explosives implanted on the bottom of the space shuttle. Right, and they talked about this because they were talking about why we launch space shuttles in Cape Canaveral, and it's because it juts out from the United States, and you can just shoot off over the water right east, and you can like use the Earth to slingshot you, and it's it just all works out perfectly. And so you don't have to worry about possibly flying over any land masses or houses or anything. No one's mm-hmm. going to, you know, if something happens, it's just going to go down into the water. Yeah. So he's talking about they have these explosives just in case the rocket starts to turn and go towards land, yeah. and then it looks like something bad is going to happen. They would literally blow up the fucking space shuttle and just kill everyone on board. Yep. And he said that there's... So there's two dudes at NASA at the time whose job <laughs> it is to sit there with their hands over the red button and watch the rocket take off and just make sure everything goes according to plan. And just in case, like they got to hit be, that there button. There needs to be more than just a red button. Yep, yeah. it's, two, it's two dudes, yeah, <laughs> whose job was. And so this guy here, Reisman, said before any crew took off, they would always go around and they would meet those dudes whose job it was to blow up the <laughs> yep. shuttle and, like, show them pictures of their kids and, like, shake their hands and shit just to be like, just remember – then we're all fucking on the space shuttle. Like, don't just, <laughs> before you hit that button, remember that we're all up there. You gotta be cold-hearted. <laughs> I, I know. Yeah, so he said that that type of shit is automated now, but it used to yeah, be a person who had to actually oh, hit yeah. a button to fucking... So you're strapped to a giant cylindrical, cylindrical bomb. Yeah. With more bombs on more it. More bombs. Yeah. And they <laughs> were... the shit? They were talking about that because they said that we're really the only country that does that. Like, China, I guess, when they launch shit off, they just do it indiscriminately. And so, yeah. when they drop off different phases of the rockets, they just fall into China. Oh, wow. So, there's videos of different villages and shit where rockets have fallen down and fucking exploded. Oh. And there's these huge red clouds of just... Horribly Death. toxic fucking jet fuel oh that just God. settles over the villages that they fall in. And China's just like, 
Fuck it. We got another satellite. Yeah, they just don't give a shit. Yeah, so I, there was showed three or four videos of these fucking huge red clouds, and you're like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. And people who are this close to burnt up, you know, rockets, yep. and you're like, you're going to die. You're going to die in 10 days because of all the radiation and just toxicity that's soaking into your bones from just, <laughs> just, so, just your proximity your to this rocket. I just, I can't fucking believe it. And that's how you got the Wuhan. And that's how you get Wuhan. <laughs> it's the fucking rockets. So, on that note, I want to thank everyone again for joining us. This was a absolutely fantastic fucking pre-show. I think this is a good indicator of what the show is going to be like today. Thank you again, Denzel, for joining us. Thank you for joining us on our Facebook at Salt of the Streets. You can find him, Denzel 2EM, Upper Left. They're making amazing fucking music right now. I am at Salt of the Street on Twitter and at Alpaca underscore Donovan on Instagram. He's at Big Road Afi on both those things. Denzel 2AM. Is that what your handle is on all these things? Is Denzel 2AM? Yeah. Yep. So, there we go. Denzel 2AM. Salt of the Streets for all this stuff. It's almost done being updated. Live show, two weeks, the 20th, March, Divine Wines. Next week, we're going to sit out the – sorry, Colin. I didn't – I forgot about this. But next week, we are going to announce the set topic list so that you guys can show up. You're going to know what we're going to talk about so that everyone can sit down, have a few minutes, and it's going to be a good fucking time. The 20th in Kingston, if you want to come, it's going to be the wine bar. It's going to be awesome. We're going to have t-shirts for sale. We're going to have sweatshirts or order forms for sweatshirts. I will drive this shit to your house in the tundra. It will be beautiful. His name is Tomas. Thank you for joining us. Everyone have a fantastic weekend.